That's the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. You are listening to Free Talk Live. It is Mark with you. And Luther. And Julia. It's the live Monday night edition. Give us a call. Talk about what you want to talk about, 855 Excuse me, 450-3733. Let's go to Zachary in Washington. Zachary? Yes, thank you so much. Sure. Zachary, I asked you to call in. Actually, this is um, you're, you're running a concert called Rock the Revolution. Is that correct? That's right, Rock the Revolution Tour. And we kick off on October 15th, which is right around the corner now. And it's a tour that's all grassroots driven and all in support of Ron Paul and his presidential campaign. And we're so, keeping the shows free to the public to go to, and and it's really growing. We haven't even started yet. They're free to go to. Um, when uh, and, and do you have any venues that are set up? Yeah, we're, we're on a shoestring budget right now, so we've got the first two venues uh, that we've we've identified all the venues. I have a real real amazing team of regional coordinators that are entertainment industry insiders so all the venues are identified but we just need the funding to come through to lock them all up and we should be able to do a big chunk of that this week revolution pack has uh gotten on board uh with the tour and i'm really excited about that i love what they're doing with their ads and i hope that uh you know we can be mutually beneficial to each other and to ron paul's presidential campaign uh, you know, and, and this is what the purpose of the the Rockwell Revolution tour is: is to uh, to add excitement um, to the the Ron Paul campaign. And uh, certainly, there are no other presidential candidates with uh, touring uh, concerts, uh, you know, promoting their name. And you know, but it, it all sounds so cute. The idea of some guy in a banjo touring around uh, promoting the idea of Ron Paul. The question is, who do you have for uh, the lineup, right? Yeah, yeah, we've got some uh, pretty exciting names. Uh, KRS-One's going to do a few shows. We also have um, Killjoy and Europa. They've had uh, some uh, commercial success, and we just signed a, a good fight. They've opened for bands from, you know, uh, Goo Goo Dolls to Steve Miller Band. So uh, hoping they bring some of their friends with them, too. And, uh, yeah, we've got uh, quite the lineup, and it's going to change as we go across the country. Some of the acts are just going to do one or two nights. Uh, some of them will do an entire region. And uh, we have a small core that's going to do the whole thing. But but uh, really excited to have KRS-One, KRS-One on board. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, people yep. know who he is. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's a big name. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of surprised. And it seems to happen to me more and more as time goes by that when celebrities just kind of come, on, come out as Ron Paul supporters. Yeah, definitely. And I think the diversity is really going to shock people. Um, we're going to try to, you know, create one of those, you know, when Barry Manilow recently came out in support of Ron Paul, we hope to, to create those, you know, every, every, you know, once a week or, or more if possible um, as artists come out to, in support of Ron Paul. We've got everything from, you know, folk music to punk rock to, you know, hip-hop with KRS-One and uh, everything in between. We even have a uh, – I had a violinist from uh, – one of the big city symphonies <laughs> get a hold of me. Wow, that's and, awesome. You know, 
So she's not. I don't think she's been able to convert her entire symphony, but <laughs> but it would be very cool if she did. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's all you have to do. To some extent, you you get a couple of big names. You have some other people up there on stage, and I think that you've got yourself a little festival atmosphere, and that's what people are going to come out for. Having exactly. a, a free concert is going to make it great. It'd be awesome if you could get Barry Manilow and some of the other big names. I know that uh, you know I, I've heard of other artists coming out and um, in support, but it's hard for touring artists and uh, you know wealthy people to say, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a bunch of uh, free concerts. Yeah. And so, you know, part of the deal with this is, you know, we are booking the venues, but they don't have to do anything other than show up. And so it makes it easier for them to get on board because uh, we, we're doing the advertising. I'm, I'm getting on radio shows, not, not just, you know, uh, national libertarian shows that, you know, are absolutely wonderful like yours, but also, you know, music stations. We're, we're you know, setting up interviews with the hip-hop stations, the rock stations, with uh, you know, myself and some of the artists that are going to be on the tour to spread the word that way and to, to get to, you know, the masses of people out there and create a story that the local media um, can't ignore because Ron Paul has been so ignored in, you know, in the local media. He's, he's you know, kind of there on the national stuff, but in the local media, he just doesn't exist at all. So yeah. we really hope to create a story that they just cannot ignore at all, all across the board. You know, I mean, any any of the presidential candidates would love to have somebody who is this past, you know, have a bunch of people actually who are passionate enough about their campaign to get out and do a, a touring concert. And I think that it could be extraordinarily helpful for the Ron Paul campaign. I'm, you know, I I, I don't know precisely. It, it's it's sort of uh, it, it creates uh, you know name recognition and things like that. How do you know? Have any sort of uh, way that you're going to directly benefit the Ron Paul campaign? Uh, just by keeping his name out there in the news, yeah. um, and, and uh, you know, word of mouth, people that come to the shows will have um, you know, Ron Paul guitar picks to hand out uh, to people in the crowd and uh, get people talking who who had, who had been at the show, but also get the media talking at the local level will definitely benefit him. And having you know those Barry Manilow moments where the whole country is talking about, wow, look who just came out for Ron Paul today. So, yeah, excited about that, and I think that'll be a, a big boost to his campaign. Yeah, if you can get uh, the, the the bigger the name, KRS-One's huge name. Um, I mean, I think everybody, a lot of people, I know the name, so that makes him that makes him yeah. big. Um, and you know, when you get people to come out like that um, and be in your concert in support of Ron Paul, that's just it's just awesome. And I, I you know, I sincerely hope uh, I hope it works out for you. What uh, what are some of the, so you have these venues picked out at this point? And um, yeah, are, are, what, and, East and Coast, West Coast, where's it where's it start? Yeah, we kick off in Spanaway, Washington. It's right outside of Tacoma, which is just south of Seattle. And um, people can go to rocktherevolutiontour.com, and uh, we've got all the locations there under the Locations tab and the projected dates. Some of it's going to change a little bit as we nail them down. But the first two venues, uh, Spanaway and Portland, are absolutely nailed down. And then you know, um, people can help by uh, clicking on the Donate button and uh, donating because we are keeping these shows free to the public. That would be really appreciated. And my friend John Dennis, who ran for uh, Congress in California uh, last year, he's been kind enough to let me use uh, his his, uh, political action committee as a a bank so that I don't have to pay chipping fees when people donate. So uh, that's been a great help. 
Yeah, John Dennis is, uh, you know, very principled, um, you know, fellow who ran for Congress in the in Nancy Pelosi's district. And, yeah. um, you know, the the idea was is to uh, to give people a, a principled libertarian who was running under the Republican banner for whom to vote. Um, if you like Ron Paul, you'd like John Dennis. Um, you know, he's a, I, I sincerely hope that we see more from him in the future. <laughs> yeah, he introduced Ron Paul at uh, the California straw poll that we just had recently. And, you know, I, I wouldn't have been able to put something like this together if I didn't have just amazing friends like, like John Dennis and uh, all the connections I've been able to make in the entertainment world. And uh, I'm also the, the marketing director for RP2012.org. Um, so if I hadn't already laid all that groundwork, I, I wouldn't have been able to put on this just monumental um, project that, that uh, you know, we're getting ready to launch in under two weeks. Yeah, how do you how you making how how do you pay the rent while you're doing all this stuff that uh, you're giving away for free? Yeah, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm I'm working. I have been working for the past month and a half um, for free, uh, about 18 hours a day, seven days a week. My family has been just huge. Um, I've I've uh, I wouldn't be able to do this without their support. And uh, you know, and this uh, is the thing I, about. To my family and to all, all of my friends across the country that uh, have really come together to, you know, turn this from idea into, you know, it's going to be it's an amazing reality in under two weeks here. So. Yep. Uh, this is the thing about the Ron Paul campaign is that he is able to, uh, his, his message, his consistent message has uh, energized people over time to, you know, the far more than any other candidate has. Um, Zachary, plug your website one more time so people can uh, go there and check it out. Yes, Thanks very much. Free Talk Live. All around the world, people are achieving success and making their dreams come true. You can be one of them. Whether it's wealth, happiness, business, or relationships, the only thing keeping you from achieving your goals is the desire to be successful and the know-how to achieve it. At AllSuccessClub.com, you'll find the information you need to succeed from those who've already achieved it. Set your life on the path to success now at AllSuccessClub.com. Free. The Sickle Toll Free Call in Line here on Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. You're listening to Free Talk Live in whatever manner you're listening, but it isn't the only way that you can listen. We have many different ways to listen to Free Talk Live. You can go to listen.freetalklive.com to see all the options. There are live stream. There's a live stream on the Internet. Actually, many li- different live streams. The 110 radio, great radio stations that carry us, uh, satellite options, XM, free-to-air, webcam at cam.freetalklive.com. Hello. It's uh, Mark with you, by the way. And Luther. And Julia. Listen lines, telephone numbers you can call in and listen to the show right under your telephone. Of course, long-distance fees do apply, so you'll need to check your phone plan. It's listen.freetalklive.com. Those of you who have been listening for a while, you know that I've got a cruise coming up here where uh, many people who are listeners to Free Talk Live are going to be going on a cruise sort of together. And we had a cancellation, and there's a, a room available, at, at even this close to it. The, the cruise is in early November. We're going to 
Bermuda. And if you want to get in, this is your last chance. There will be no other chances. Um, there's an inside room. They have rooms basically available from uh, 670 on up to just under $1,000, depending on the uh, type of room available because of the, the kind of uh, reservation it was. There's some flexibility in the type of room. So you can go to cruise.freetalklive.com. There is a telephone number there, or you can, uh, I think you might even be able to, to sign up right at, the, at cruise.freetalklive.com. It's not just me, it's Stefan Molyneux, West Bertrand of Complete Liberty. There'll be some speechifying, but there'll also be just uh, family fun and people having a good time um, who believe the same sort of things. I think you'll have a great time. It's cruise.freetalklive.com. Let's go to Glenn in California. Glenn? Uh, hello. Good evening, hey. sirs. All is well. And madam. And madam. Oh, hello, madam. Uh, I am Hi. Actually in Connecticut. I'm actually in Connecticut. Okay, uh, great. And um, what I wanted to uh, talk about tonight is a story I heard on NPR just uh, several minutes ago uh, that Denmark was introduce- introducing a tax on saturated fat. Ah, yes. Okay. Um, uh, I found this was interesting because for the last month or so, I have embraced uh, what would be called a paleolithic diet. Yes. That encourages the consumption of saturated fat. And it seems in my research thus far that there um, is a small but growing contingent of scientists and uh, academics, nutritionists, uh, athletes who, who um, concur that, that saturated fats are good. And they point to evidence like the uh, small tribes and... Um, and uh, the past in the past in this country, when we ate more lard and had a lower incidence of our uh, current diseases, which seem to plague us. Yeah, and uh, a lot of people, you know, they they just assume the government tells you, and and you know, some scientists will tell you that it's it's the meat, it's the saturated fats that are causing all your problems. It could very well just be the carbs or whatever it else it is that's in your diet. Americans eat a lot of carbs, and I have seen lots of people switching to this paleo diet, uh, including, uh, but certainly not limited to, uh, Stephanie Murphy, who does the Sunday show with me. She is my co-host. She's a med student, uh, just about a doctor, and I'm not thinking that uh, she, you know, she probably researched this pretty thoroughly, and when she says it's healthy and it's the best way to go she certainly believes that strongly you know i'm I'm actually a doctor as well uh and uh, i did not research this thoroughly so shame on me but um uh, anecdotally i'll just say that i've I've never felt so good in my life um uh, i I feel uh excellent i mean i i did kind of uh do a cursory i did some cursory research and it made sense logically uh based on the limited evidence and data i saw but, uh, One thing's for sure, it'll make you lose weight. Uh, yeah, sure. It definitely does. Also, um, some some findings that uh, Stephanie has uh, has said that makes perfect sense to me is that um, of uh, you know people with certain diets that people in the paleo and the low carb diets tend to eat more vegetation than anybody else on any other diet, including vegetarians, whom largely just eat carbohydrates. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, so there you go. But yeah. this story just struck me as another example, uh, like you need another, but uh, uh, just it seemed a lot like the global warming kind of story where you have this uh, consensus of idiots who, who, who proclaim this is the truth, and even though we know that consensus is not fact, uh, it seems that the policymakers can just run and jump on that and, and impose uh, ridiculous uh, you know, laws on us. Yeah, that's this is this is what they're going to do. There's an opportunity to oh, we can tax a certain type of food. 
Well, that'd be yeah. awesome. <laughs> yes, exactly. And they're, and fast backwards. They're they're actually it's actually the carbs that really you know hurt us. So it may very well be. I, I uh, I'm not prepared to to say. I don't don't know. I haven't been completely sold on this idea. Yeah, me neither. But. I mean, it, it, it's interesting, and you know, Stephanie is in great shape, and she seems really healthy. And uh, other people I know who are on the diet, you know, seem very active as well. Um, from what I know about hunter-gatherer societies, they also have to work a lot harder to get their food. Um, That's and, true. And they cannot support large populations, um, which is what makes them hunter-gatherer societies. Your thoughts? Uh, yes. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> yeah, but that, that, you know, of course, I, it's that, I don't know that that is a, uh, a stipulation as to why it is good or bad for you. I mean, if, if America, if, if a people were um, hunter gatherers for, you know, sixty thousand years of evolution, and then in the last five thousand have ceased to be it, that doesn't mean that um, just because carbs are the way that cities have been built that they're necessarily good for you in a long term sense. I would sure. also add. That um, I think that as a whole, most Americans eat way too many carbs. Like I don't, I don't think we could, we would disagree on that. And they, they eat very bad carbs, you know, because there's different kinds of carbs. And I would say that most people that just don't generally pay much attention to their diet at all. Glenn, well, if you, if you, I was going to say, if you supposedly a lot of the uh, the constituent components of grains. Uh, they have inbuilt uh, like enzymes and uh, inbuilt proteins. I mean that are, are supposed to be protective, and that we don't have the necessary enzymes to break them down that smaller animals like rodents and, and whatnot have, uh, because they've evolved to eat the grain. We only, just like you said, we've only been eating the farm products for the last you know five ten thousand years, whereas for a hundred thousand years, modern man has been eating you know more animal products and, and vegetation. Uh, so that, yeah, that seems to be more of the line of thinking in, in why paleo diet is healthier. Yeah, the, the, the paleo diet and the um, low-carb diet, uh, you know, people choose to research them, choose to eat them, and that's what they should be able to do. Really what it boils down to is should the government of Denmark or the government of any other place be telling people how they should eat and rewarding one type of eating and uh, disincentivizing another type of eating. And I, that's what I find the, the most uh, frightening part of this is that essentially they find something that it looks bad to them, and they provide uh, this syntax upon it as if eating meat is now sinful, just like they do alcohol in Denmark, I guess just the way they do uh, marijuana. <laughs> Holland, I'm not sure. I get always confused. Different countries. I'll take your word yeah. for it. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm I mean, sure. you can go. I'm sure some of the politicians have good intentions, but uh, it's just, I, I, I get, it's, it's, it's it's terrible. I don't know what to say. You, it you sounds say. like you came up with a T-shirt there, uh, uh, Glenn. Beware politicians with good intentions. Yes, great. <laughs> Thanks for the call. Eight fifty five four fifty free. It's a SACL toll free call in line. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Do you think the government has a role in telling us how we should eat, how we should live? I mean, are these roles of politicians? Many people would think they absolutely think they are. Michelle Obama certainly does. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. 
The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP. Features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high visibility three dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at Ruger.com slash LC9. Live, 855-453, that's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. It's that kind of interactive program. We'll take your calls at 855-450-3733. You can also go to the website at freetalklive.com. It's that kind of interactive website, as a matter of fact. You can link to blog posts or uh, news stories or whatever it is that you want to get out to a large audience, like we have on our website, and people will vote it up, vote it down. You can vote theirs up, vote them down. It's a big voting community there at freetalklive.com. Here on Free Talk Live, we, we talk about investing in gold and silver, either as a hedge against inflation, investment, barter currency, We've teamed up with Midas Resources to bring you some really great rates on some gold and silver. As a matter of fact, there's been a little dip in the gold and silver market. Might be a really good time to pick some up if you think it's going to continue to go up. And it seems like it is to me. I don't know. You can go there and check it out at gold.freetalklive.com. I've certainly got some gold and silver for myself. I can't give you any advice on how to spend your money other than I can just tell you how I've been spending mine. And gold and silver is certainly in my portfolio such that it is. It's Mark with you. And Luther. And Julia. So we, uh, this uh, this Occupy Wall Street thing has been sort of taking over uh, America. There's Occupy. Occupying our lips. That's right. Occupying us, occupying, uh, in fact, uh, different areas of the United States. And we know that there's a contingent of people that are very interested in the ideas of liberty they want to occupy the federal reserve that kind of thing and we know there's a contingent of people that appear to be you know like the rainbow people and uh just occupying a park in new york city and not entirely sure what they want don't really know what their philosophies are that kind of thing well apparently some of them have uh i've come up with occupywallstreet.org a list of demands for Occupy Wall Street, the the movement. You're going to want to take a deep breath here. (laughs) So this is um, demand one, restoration of the living wage. As if the living wage ever existed, we're going to restore it. This demand can only be met by ending free trade. By imposing trade tariffs on all imported goods entering America, the American market, to level the playing field for domestic family farming and domestic manufacturing as most nations that are dumping cheap products into the... Dumping. Dumping. They're providing people with the things they want at the lowest rates that they can provide them to so that poor people can... Their uh, money can go farther. afford it, yeah. And this it's not guy... Like you don't have a variety... Like, if you don't want the cheapest product, you can buy a more expensive product. Yeah, I guarantee yeah. it. If you want to buy American... You can do it. You know, it's probably not going to be your best choice, though, if you think about some of the products that are out there, especially some of the ones manufactured here in the States, like cars. I'm not a huge fan of the American car industry. Why? 
why would I buy a GM? Well, as a matter of fact, I've looked at a video, and it may be a little bit dated. I'm not 100% sure how things have gone in the last five years. Mm-hmm. This is the la- but I know um, this, this video basically tracked manufacturing from the 50s to 2006, I believe. Mm-hmm. And the claim was that there's more manufacturing going on in the United States than there was in the 50s. It's just that manufacturing has gotten more efficient and there are fewer manufacturing jobs. And that manufacturing is always going to get more efficient and that you're always going to deal with this sort of robots is taking our jobs kind of situations. Right. And, uh, you know, the, the, this person here who believes that it's okay, apparently this person has no value for the lives and the livelihoods of people in foreign countries. America's the largest single marketplace on the planet, and to exclude that marketplace to other people in other countries is to exclude their workers from a better way of life. If these companies offer to Americans things that they want at a value higher than American companies may or may not be able to produce them at, mostly because of the regulations based placed upon these companies, well, I mean, you know, where's the morality in this? It doesn't seem like there is any. This sounds like some, uh, you know, socialist that, that is trying to hijack their movement. Maybe it is. Maybe, maybe this is, represents their entire movement. I have no idea. But um, it's pretty disgusting to me. Yeah. It's, it's a terrible idea that's just going to blow up in their face. It's going to make things worse. It's going to drive up prices here in, this, in the country that they're trying to make but more affordable a politician can magically wave his wand and poof we'll make more money let me tell you what this guy wants the politicians to wave their wands over um, i haven't even finished point one demand one here <laughs> yet um let's see uh dumping cheap products into the american market have uh, radical wage and environmental regulation advantages another policy that must be instituted is to, why wouldn't you make a second demand is to raise the minimum wage to twenty dollars an hour that's what? $20 an hour. Now, I, I want you to go to your local pizza parlor and ask him how many employees he would be able to afford out of his current employees if he were to pay them all $20 an hour. The vast majority, vast majority of Americans, the vast majority of legally working Americans that work for under minimum wage, for minimum wage, excuse me, can't work for under minimum wage and work legally. For minimum wage, do not have families. They, They're 16. That's they are. You know, some of it, it. Factually, fewer people are getting into the working market at 16. And 18. Yeah, they're 18, 19, 20 in a lot of cases, and they're earning less because they haven't had their first job. My first job I had at 12. I was well above the minimum wage by the time I was, in fact, legal working age. Sure. So, um, I mean, it really, it's about, the first few years is about learning to get your butt to work. And, you know, and this person wants a $20 an hour minimum wage. How much do you think that pizza is going to cost? That's exactly and, it. And they really contradict themselves because in the very first part of this demand, they say that they want prices to go down so people can afford things, yes. yet they want to force business owners to charge people $20 an hour. So I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Right. The idea that businesses, um, for one, the idea that big businesses supporting anybody on the minimum wage is just poppycock. I mean, how many big businesses have people working for minimum wage? Most of the big businesses, most of the little businesses are people, that you know, the, the smaller businesses 
that have people working on minimum wage. That's only anecdotal experience. I don't have any facts to back that up sitting right here. That's just what my experience is, is that people tend to work for small businesses first at minimum wage. They get some work experience. They move on. Um, or they get better at doing their job and they, they get um, you know a higher wage. And that's just how that goes over time. This person doesn't understand how profit margins work either because when you're talking about a company like pepsi or coke i mean they're making like a 10 percent you know profit on it they're not these people think that they're just breaking it right a lot of that is expense i mean uh at I work at a chain restaurant here in uh, New England, and they have on a poster in the back wall, it shows what their profit margin is, and it's five cents on every dollar. Yeah. You know, it, it, and it shows where the rest of it goes. You know, a big portion of it goes to employees and benefits and paying us. And They hate, I mean, you know, the, 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 the people that hate rich people hate that they make money on the backs of other people. So if, if I, if, you know, for every dollar you make, I make a penny. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I and I've got a hundred people or ten, you know, a thousand people or ten thousand people working for me, and I make a penny off of every dollar that they make. Well, I'm not making that much. I've just got a bunch of people working for me, and there's, you know, there's there's something to be had and uh, said for that that sort of management, but. You need to understand what this kind of demand does to the little guy. If you're running the little pizza shop that provides an important service to the people, you know, that it, in that town, mm-hmm. what you know, what's going to happen when you when you twenty when you get a minimum wage raised to twenty dollars? You're either going to fire people, you're going to raise your prices you're going to take lower wages yourself chances are if you're running a pizza parlor you're not making much more than um you know that then you could be working someplace else really really that's the truth or you're going to cut uh, the quality of the products or whatever you've got to figure out where this money is coming from these people aren't sitting in the back room with a big pile of money and the idea that you can do this is just ludicrous. It's people who have no grasp of economics. Absolutely. Economics is reality, and they don't have a grasp on reality. <laughs> That's it. Not, I don't, I don't want to be mean, but if you think you can raise the minimum wage in one country to $20 an hour and do something good for that country, you have lost your mind. Why not raise it to $100 an hour? Right. right Why stop, stop at 20, at 20? Yep, it's crazy, crazy talk. I mean, and that's that, that just proves it. You know the U.S. dollar is devaluing. You can see it happening every day. You know a new currency will take over at some point. Wouldn't you like to be in on the ground floor? Bitcoins. They're a decentralized, anonymous internet currency. They're free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use them anywhere in the world. Find out more at weusecoins.org. Don't be kicking yourself in the pants in a month. Your dollars are going down. Learn more about bitcoins at weusecoins.org. That's weusecoins.org. That is the SACL toll-free call in line. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. If you believe that the minimum wage should be $20 for any reason other than you would just like to get paid $20 an hour, please give us a call at 855-450-3773. I'd love to get paid $20 an hour. That'd be great. But I don't think this is the way to go about it. Right. Making a demand that uh, the minimum wage ought to be $20. Because if the minimum wage were $20 an hour, 
that would be the only way that one would get, you know, this guy would probably get paid $20 an hour. It, it's, as, it's as stupid as the uh, uh, hours of exchange rate, you know, the notes, the uh, one hour of production, that's what they are, you know, when people ever uh, advocate this. And it was uh, used in the uh, Spanish Civil War in um, Catalonia. The anarchists there took over, and they started issuing uh, money, currency, as hours of production. If you worked an hour, you got an hour note, basically. Mm. Well, that's that's sure to get uh, increased productivity in that hour, right? Sure, sure. But what if you it comes down to you're bartering with somebody, you know, sure. and you want something they that you really want it, they don't necessarily want to give it up. You know, you might trade more hours of production for it. So it just kind of it's self-defeating in the sense that it will eventually just become a unit just like the dollar and, and have its own subjective value. Yeah, just a fiat, fiat currency. Yeah, exactly. So what are you going to do? <laughs> Demand two. Institute a universal single payer. That's the government, by the way. Healthcare system to do all private and um, to do this, all private insurers must be banned from the healthcare market, as their only effect on the healthcare of patients is to, to take money away from doctors, nurses, hospitals, and preventing them from doing their jobs and hand all that money to Wall Street investors. Isn't that what the government does? Like, isn't that? It sounds like they're confusing private business with government. And they seem to think that government is the solution to their private business woes. Yeah, um, you know. I... <laughs> Every time I hear this, all I can think is, like, do you want the DMV people? Do you want the post office workers, which I know are <laughs> technically private, but not really? No, not really at I, all. Yeah, I know. Um, do you want these people being your doctors? Uh, you know, what, what I think of is uh, people from Canada coming down here for health care. Sure. Um, that's what I think of. And preferring their veterinarians. Have you? I don't. I watched a documentary once on healthcare in, in Canada. It, and was Stossel? it Stossel? It yeah. might have been. But the, the the vets up there said that people every day said, "I wish that I could come here for for healthcare because it's private and it's just much nicer." Yeah, they have yeah. all all the updated equipment. They have plenty of. Uh, they're able to provide. You know, they don't have long waiting lists. They have plenty of bed space so to say, for the animals. Yeah, they don't no. have all that paperwork they had to fill out for the government, so they had to have sure, a bunch sure. of people working for them. Prices are cheap. Profits. Yeah. They also, this is a huge one. Most people don't seem to understand this concept at all, but I like to watch documentaries on uh, drugs. I find drugs very interesting. And uh, one time I was watching a documentary on on meth, and they were t- they were talking about the amount of money that they spend on people who aren't insured who burn themselves in meth accidents, you know, where a meth lab explodes. And and, and so they're required to be taken care of. And this one hospital, one unit of one hospital in one city spent billions of dollars a year on just treating burn victims from meth. So that's one single problem, one single unit of one single hospital in one city spends that. Multiply that times every city in America. Every, I, I mean, there's the, where your cost of health care is going. Right, and you know, and I don't, I, I don't know, but I mean, the question is, is if I have a hospital and I'm doing this hospital either for not for profit or for for to make a profit, because there's both of them out there, and I want to help people, but I can only help so many people, and still sort of keep my doors open. Should the first people that I try to help? be meth addicts that burn themselves doing their meth thing. I mean, I, you know, what, where's the responsibility for the meth addict? I'm not saying they did it on purpose, but they did do it doing meth, and I don't support doing meth, so why should I have to 
pay for their mistakes while they're doing meth. I'm not saying I want these people to suffer, but I have limited resources, and this is, this is what I do every time I give money to not-for-profit organizations. I do give lots of money to not for, from my point of view, I mean, and not, not for people who have real money, but, um, you know, I, I... You give a fair chunk of what you have. I believe in it, because I want to help people. And I, so I give to these, uh, these not-for-profits, and I have to choose between which ones I want to do. Do I want to give to the American Cancer Society, who supports legislation that uh, limits people's freedom? And helps, you know, maybe with uh, people who have made some lifestyle choices that cause them to have cancer? Or do I want to give money to St. Jude Hospital that helps little kids with cancer? I usually choose the little kids because they didn't have any choice. I, uh, you know, you know, there's different kinds of decision-making processes that one goes through when one chooses to do these things. So, uh, you know, the idea that they're just going to, that the government's going to do a good job scares the crap out of me also innovation government is not a good organization for innovation private industry is a good organization for innovation and if you don't have innovation in the healthcare market where are we all going to be in 50 years yeah there's a great picture out there i don't know who made it or where it comes from it's just an internet meme and it's it says on the top it says socialism and it has havana 1950 havana today and they look pretty much the same and then it says Capitalism, and it says Hong Kong 1950, Hong Kong today, and it's boomed. It's this yeah. big major city from this small, you know, port uh, island in the in yeah. It's a rock off of Asian. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't even think they can farm there. They may be. I, I think I have heard that they do have some farms on uh, Hong Kong, but it is a rock in the middle of the water. It has no value other than it's the freest market in the world. It's not even a free market, but it is the freest market in the world, and that is what made Hong Kong what it is today. That is incredibly, that's an incredibly powerful statement if somebody will choose to look at it. Sure. Mark, one time uh, you brought up some statistics regarding how much it used to cost for a woman to give birth in a hospital in 1950 versus today. Yes. And that references, uh, my understanding is that the government has gotten that much more involved. There's that much more regulation and all of these things is the reason why health care costs a ridiculous amount more than it used to. Yes, this is um, this is from I actually get it from of two minds dot com. It is a blog, but it's all you have to do is uh, you know search impossible healthcare solution, and you will see the differences in costs um, between uh, I think it's nineteen <clears throat> the nineteen fifties and and now. And essentially, having a baby costs thirty dollars, which is in today's dollars two hundred and forty four dollars. A private room costs twenty-three dollars, or one hundred and eighty-seven in t- today's dollars, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics inflation calculator. One dollar in nineteen fifty-two is eight dollars and fourteen cents in two thousand and nine. So, what does it cost to have a baby now? Ten thousand dollars? That's about right. I mean, that's what they wanted to charge us uh, when, when we were uh, Laura and I were having Jack, <clears throat> and we actually went with a midwife. And it was half that. But it wasn't about the price. For us, it was about the freedom of having a child the way we wanted to have that, have a child. And I think it's important that you get what you want. But it is important to note that essentially that you could have a child for for $500 if you adjust, adjusted for inflation. Yes, there are some better sorts of medicine out there. And yes, I think that those things are worth something. But really... 
um, over time, the cost of things should be driven down right. if you're talking about uh, people consuming stuff Where not has, driven up. Whereas this, yeah, has gone up exponentially. Not the government just was multiple times. was but. almost non-existent in 1952 in the medical arena, and now it is hugely uh, you know, prevalent. Right, right. And the difference is that instead of $500, it's 10000 Sure, and these people want to... Uh, you know, to just drive that up even more by throwing the government at it completely, having them completely take it over. I was listening to some guy. Well, you on... know, if you can't see the cost, then it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> right. Sure, that's, sure. That's the other aspect of it is, uh, you know, insurance companies. Insurance was all, because, it, you know, from in the fifties they had this ninety percent insurance bracket. Uh, people, uh, one of the ways to hide wages from the tax man to your employees is to offer them benefits and so when they use those benefits like health care you know you could either pay your employee uh say a hundred dollars and fifty percent of it would get taken away in taxes or you can put that hundred dollars towards a health care program and then they can get that hundred dollars directly um if you know and then all your employees are taken care of as far as health care goes the problem is is that people are then divorced from the action of buying something so you know they just demand to have health care for their job and then they go for every little sniffle or anything that they go and it drives up the cost because you've got all these people that really shouldn't be in the doctor's office or in the hospital sure i mean the emergency room is the perfect example of that it certainly is i mean i know people who go to the emergency room because they have a cold or the the flu it's their doctor's office and, you know, how many people, obviously, they the emergency room has different ways of dealing with people. If you're bleeding, you'll probably get in before the person with the cold, but I'm not even going to go sit in that room with all those people cold. No thanks. <laughs> I'd rather stay at home. 855-450-3733. You hear the list of demands of the Occupy Wall Street people. It's crazy. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. And now it's time for the Leadership Radio Minute with tips and advice on how to maximize your own leadership potential. Here's international leadership expert and New York Times best-selling author, John C. Maxwell. Leaders are by nature visionary, but a great vision without a great team often turns into a nightmare. Often leaders ask me, do you think my people will buy into my vision? When they ask me that, I know they don't yet understand the concept of permission because they're asking the wrong question. Instead, they should be asking, have my people bought into me? The size of worthiness of a leader's vision often isn't what determines whether or not it will be achieved. It's their influence based on the five levels of leadership. Position isn't enough. Leaders must earn people's permission. You do that by earning people's trust and by gaining credibility in your leadership. Then you can start sharing your vision. For the Leadership Radio Minute, I'm John C. Maxwell. For more information on how to maximize your own leadership potential, please visit johnmaxwell.com. True leadership isn't a matter of having a certain job or title. In fact, being chosen for a position is only the first of the five levels every effective leader achieves. In his new book, The Five Levels of Leadership, leadership expert and New York Times bestselling author, John C. Maxwell, helps you to become more than the boss people follow only because they're required to. He gives advice on how to grow further, achieve results, and build a team that produces. The Five Levels of Leadership, the newest book from John C. Maxwell, is available wherever books are sold. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. Nickel toll-free call in line here on Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. 
If you've been listening to Free Talk Live any length of time, you've probably heard us talk about bitcoins. Maybe you didn't know how to go about getting bitcoins, and there's an easy way now. You can get bitcoins by depositing cash at uh, banks across the United States, including Bank of America and Wells Fargo. Once you have bitcoins, you can use them to pay anyone in the world for whatever. There's no transaction fees, no third parties getting involved. It's completely anonymous. It works just like a person-to-person cash transaction, but it's done on the Internet. It's Internet cash. To learn more, visit exchangebitcoins.com. Again, it's exchangebitcoins.com. So we've been reading the list of demands from the Occupy Wall Street folks, and they are legion. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, there are things about uh, some of their their demands that that, that I have agreed with and some that I have disagreed with. Uh, Mostly at this point, up to this point, there's been a lot of disagreement. disagreement. But here's another one that I agree with. This um, actually, for some whatever reason, my mind skipped over this one, so... um, this is, a, you know, racial and gender equal rights amendment. I can kind of agree and kind of disagree with that one. I'm just afraid of something like that. And I don't think that we truly need it any longer. I, you know, I feel, like, I feel like women in the workplace are getting the respect that they, you know, want or demand or whatever. I feel like, um, you know, minorities can, can get jobs. I, 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 don't, I don't think that there's that big of a problem. Maybe I'm wrong. I, it's not like I've yeah, got to live in that what world. What are you talking about, white guy? <laughs> Certainly people would, uh, would, would interpret it that way. I have decided that I no longer have a race. Uh, races are something that people demand, that, that people assign to themselves, and I, so I've decided to assign none. However, um, number, demand number nine here. Open borders migration. Anyone can travel anywhere to work and live. I like that one. Yeah, I agree mm-hmm. too. I agree entirely with this. Um, that I think well, that people that kind of contradicts one of their earlier uh, demands was that uh, high tariffs be placed yes. and, and that you know tra- free trade be um, uh, uh, prohibited essentially. Yes, this demand can only be met by ending free trade by imposing trade tariffs on all imported goods entering America, uh, the American market, to level the playing field for domestic family farming and domestic manufacturing, as most nations that are uh, dumping cheap products into the American market. This would cause a real problem. If you demand that everybody gets a, a, minim- a minimum wage of $20 an hour or more, and that's what they said, Mm-hmm. And you say that um, tariffs, they put these huge tariffs up so basically nobody to can level import the playing stuff. field, yeah. To level the playing field. Then you allow the only thing that can be imported freely is labor. Then what you will have is everybody coming over here for $20 an hour jobs, which I don't have a problem with people moving freely. I just don't think you should you know, um, mess with the, the system to the point that you're going to overload one place at the cost of everything else. Imagine for a second what, other, you know, what it would be like if you heard in Mexico or China, if basically everybody in Mexico could come here freely and make $20 an hour doing manufacturing, I, I, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it, it amazes me. For one, the system can't handle $20 an hour uh, um, yeah, maybe wage. It's just not going to work. If, if you base um, the the Occupy Wall Street on these this list of demands, it seems that their goal is to make poor people even poorer and the rich even richer. 
Right, but they, it doesn't matter what your employment is, you deserve to have this minimum wage. So this says uh, a minimum wage regardless of employment is uh, the other Now, the that other is crazy. Yeah, guaranteed living wage regardless of I- employment is what it says. So you get the $20 an hour by walking onto American soil. Yeah, that's going to work. Everybody from Canada, everybody from Mexico, they're going to be walking from Tierra del Fuego in order to get here. Sure. <laughs> By the way, for those of you who don't know, it's a little island at the bottom of South America. All right. So. I did not know that. <laughs> I did. They got sheep down there. Oh. Some penguins. Yeah, I think there must be some some uh, warmer climate type penguins. Yeah. I would have to do a little more research on that. Yeah. I know well, what I know about that. It's fairly close to uh, Antarctica. Yeah, it's, it's, the closest, it's as close as you get, basically. Yeah. Demand number 11. Like I don't have any problem with uh, people being able to uh, migrate across borders. I have problems with the other ends of this. I think you need to abolish the minimum wage and open up the borders and let people work and live and um, however they want. Mm-hmm. No free welfare, because I don't want people coming here and living for free. I want people coming here and working hard in order to make a better life for themselves. That's the American dream. That's what makes this country the most powerful in the world. If you're out there and you're listening and you think that it's ridiculous that we want to abolish the minimum wage, I highly suggest you look into Walter Block. Um, he's an economist, and he has a lot to say about the minimum wage and how it actually hurts the poor, especially minorities. Yes. So, something that, just to go back for a second on the minimum wage, something that we really didn't touch on at all is if you make the kids right now who are making $7 an hour at McDonald's, if you give them $20 an hour, what about the person who was making $20 an hour? You know what I mean? Like their skill set was, I mean, does it go up? Or do you just make $20 an hour being a computer tech somewhere, and now the kid at McDonald's makes $20 an hour too? Yeah, it makes it impossible for the marketplace to incentivize proper behavior. Um, you know, I mean, essentially what it's going to do is drive the cost of everything up and inflate the price of things um, to the point that $20 an hour essentially ends up being whatever, um, you know, the, the minimum wage, the, the real value of those people's stuff. It's Mickey Mouse economics. It would tend to drive up prices. Uh, now, you worked in the fast food, well, not the fast food, you worked in the, the food service industry right. and you had lots of employees. Can you imagine? Um, you know, managed a lot of employees. Can you imagine giving these, uh, you know, these these kids who've never no. never had jobs before twenty dollars an hour? No, I didn't think they deserved what they made. Yeah. Most of them, half of them. You know, I mean, this is I, this is why entry level jobs are entry level because you have a lot of people in them that don't have don't even what the value they're getting is learning how to work. I started working at 12. I wasn't worth much then. I I know I wasn't. I remember all kinds of incidences where I learned different lessons as life went on, and now I I know the value of uh, customer service. I know the value of being to work on time. I know the value of uh, providing the best that I can provide for for the boss. I know the value, most importantly, of a good attitude. You know, there is um, there's a little gas station by my house, and they when they hire, they'll put up signs that say, hiring, you know, for these weekend hours, only 14- and 15-year-olds. And I thought that was interesting because I think there's more legal implement, like more legal it's trouble with the 14- and 15-year-olds than there's the 16-, 17-year-olds. But, I mean, what this guy wants, basically, and the owner of this place is very nice, and what he wants is to pay people the least amount of money he can, 
You know what I mean? So these kids... Yeah, but he's also helping them out. That's what I'm trying to say is that he's giving these 14 and 15-year-olds an opportunity that they wouldn't have otherwise. And if you're talking about putting it up to $20 an hour, I'm not going to hire a 14 or 15-year-old at $20 an hour. I'm going to hire the most qualified, experienced person I can. So you've just totally cut the opportunity out for these kids. Right. If I had an, if I had a job that I might be able to pay somebody $7 an hour in order to make me some money, and that's the reason that people hire people to do jobs, I'm going to hire you to do seven for $7 an hour because you can make me $8 an hour or whatever. Um, the, the reason that you hire somebody is because they're going to make you some money. If... I have, uh, you know, work that might make me eight dollar, you know, one dollar an hour. If somebody did it for seven dollars an hour, then I'm not going to hire somebody for nine dollars an hour to do a job that's going to cost me a dollar an hour for them to be there. I don't, you know, that's not why I came, it got into business. Yes, I'm going to donate my money to charity when I have it, but I didn't get into business in order to run an inefficient business that doesn't work. It's just ludicrous. It, it is a, it's its entire lack of understanding of how the marketplace works. All right, let's go to number 11 here. Immediate, across-the-board debt forgiveness for all. Debt forgiveness of sovereign debt, commercial loans, home mortgages, home equity loans, credit card debt, student loans, personal loans, now. All debt must be stricken from the books. World bank loans to all nations, bank-to-bank debt, all bonds and margin um, call debt in the stock market, including derivatives or credit uh, default swaps, all $65 trillion of them must be stricken from the books, and I don't mean debt as in default, I mean debt as in the entire planet. Poof! Uh, wow, I period. think it's a good time to buy, get a credit card and go on the shopping spree right now if that's going to happen. 855-450-3733. What do you think? Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453. This is Staple Toll-Free. Call in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about what you want to talk about. You know... There is a revolution going on in America, and I think to some extent the Occupy Wall Street folks are, are um, you know, an aspect of that. I think they really do show the dissatisfaction that people have with uh, what's going on in the world, and thank, frankly, I think it's sweeping the world. Another aspect is the Free State Project. If you're frustrated with how things are going where you are, and you're frustrated with the lack of freedom where you live, and you're tired of the oppressive state intruding into all of your business and personal life, and you knew that thousands of liberty-loving individuals were moving to one state to get active, to bring the maximum role of government in that state to the protection of life, liberty, and the protection of property, you can join the Free State Project. If you're interested in that, join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. Again, it's freestateproject.org. Let's go to Ken in New York. Ken? Hey, guys. How are you doing tonight? All's well. Uh, you guys were just talking about the uh, the $20 minimum wage. Yes. This is one of the uh, demands of uh, from 
Well, uh, let's see. OccupyWallStreet.org. And it just struck me that is one of the most economically ignorant things I've ever heard. Um, uh, I had the same impression. They're suggesting people should make more than 40000 a year for doing menial tasks. Um, I mean, that's above the median income right now. Yes. yes. Good luck finding a janitor. That's what, that's what they want is a living wage, and they figure that the median income is the living wage, so everybody should make the living wage because it would be really great Including if everybody... Including kids if it in would high school who have no work experience. And that way we can, we can all hang out in coffee shops like they do in Friends and never have jobs. But but what you would end up with is the same thing you're seeing now with the increase of minimum wage where uh, clerks at the grocery store are being replaced by self-checkouts. And, right. You have to pump your own gas. You yeah. just end up just destroying the jobs. And it's it's true. I mean, you know, the, if a business could, you know, a business looks at buying a robot to do their, their work for them, they say, well, how much does the robot cost? How much does an employee cost me over yeah. the course of whatever years? How much is the robot going to cost me in, um, you know, repairs? All right. Well, let's yeah. see this one, that one. They, they make up their mind based I, on what the cost difference is. I, if it's obvious... It's obvious. I'd kind of like to point out that while that job might be given to a machine, a job is also created. And I'm a mechanic, and that gives me a job. It does, but you're, the, a mechanic can service a lot more robots than um, you know one employee can. And the other aspect of this is um, the, the guaranteed living wage, uh, living wage income, regardless of employment. So, I mean, if you think that it's ignorant for giving <laughs> to give people a median wage for doing the most menial of labor, how much more ignorant is it to tell them, look, we'll let you live at the median level without ever having to work. That Don't is sweat it. crazy. <laughs> I mean, that's just la-la land stuff. <laughs> Insane. Ken? But, uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I know you guys, um, I know Stefan Molyneux is involved with uh, a lot of the Free State Project stuff, and he was up at Porcupine Festival. Yeah. And uh, he gave a very good example, I think, last week. Um, he said a lot of these people, they shouldn't be protesting. They should be reading books because they don't know what their demands are. They don't understand what they're asking for. No, no. They're very, they seem to be very passionate with a lot of you know high ideals and some high hopes, I think, just without all, all the necessary... Um, uh, information they need to make decisions on how to deal with what they feel the problem is, or what, even to identify the problem. Yeah, to some extent, uh, they you know, they're, they're you know, people that are dissatisfied, and I see why they're taking to the streets. I'm not satisfied either. You know, the, some of the solutions that they have are frankly hundred-year-old solutions that haven't been working. Socialism has been trotted out for 150 years now, and it's it has crashed and burned every single time. It's because it doesn't work. It is a system that does not properly work. If you want morality, stop forcing people to do things. Stop using guns and violence and threats. Well, that's what the government's for. That's what it's for. That's exactly what it's for. And socialism is the government involved in everything. Every aspect of your life. It, 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 you know, these people, they, they sit around, they think about, what do I want the world to look like? How can I force people to get there? And that's what it's all about. I'm not sure that they can really even discern that it's the government. Like, a lot of people view public as sort of, yes. you know what I mean? It's not really government. Like, public schools is this nice free it's school ours. for everybody. Yeah, it belongs to everybody within this, these imaginary lines on, on this part of the continent. Ken, thank you for the call. 855-450-FREE. Right, yep, SACL toll-free call in line. Let's go to Scott in Ithaca. Scott? 
Hey, I'm uh, not quite as polarized as uh, I'm not cookie cutter on all these issues, but I do think the minimum wage could be raised a little bit. I don't think that it should be raised to the extent that you're, you know, these guys are talking about it. I am actually going down to Wall Street because I'm running against a real Wall Street powered uh, Democrat, and I'm a Democrat. But I have a jobs bill, and it's actually based a little bit on. Um, well, before you before we talk about the jobs bill, I want to talk about the minimum wage. You brought it up, so I'm um, you know I'm interested. Why well, do you think that I have the biggest problem with is sheltered workshops? I don't really. I have a handicapped daughter. I don't really agree that um, handicapped uh, people should necessarily be <clears throat> be getting like three seventy five dollars three three seventy five an hour in some cases. Um, and the excuse is basically that, uh, well, they're not very productive and that we have to, you know, really kind of cut them along. And I, I'd rather see them either being looked at as volunteers or I'd rather see them being paid minimum wage, which right now is whatever, seven-something an hour. So if you're going to pay them, pay them the minimum wage. But if you're not going to pay them, make it very clear to them and their families that they're volunteering. I don't Why? think they should be paid three seventy-five an hour. Well, the other thing is, some of these families, they say, well, here's the other thing that's, and, and I'm going to have a discussion with this, one of the people who runs one of these workshops in the next couple of weeks. Um, their argument is, well, they're not on the street. They get subsidies for many other things, and so they, they're provided for, to, you know, to an extent. No, I'm not asking um, why they, they say day. it's okay. I'm asking you why you want somebody to uh, actually choose between zero. Well, I mean, why, why should they have to choose between zero and seven fifty if somebody's willing to pay them three fifty? I mean, why should they take zero? Why would they want zero? Well, yeah, I mean that's the point. If if they truly, if let's say somebody's high, high, high functioning and they agree to, to being a volunteer or something like that, and their family or whatever agrees to them being a volunteer, that's fine. I think for the most part, there's other people that could volunteer. So I'm not really condoning that. I'm saying either pay them or don't pay them. But you know, if, you, but if you're, you're going to pay them, pay everybody the minimum wage. Well, but I don't understand now, for that. High if, schoolers, if, if I do believe instance... in a tiered system for high schoolers. Well, you think, like, words, you think high schoolers are handicapped? Raise... I kind of do, too. Um, <laughs> okay, so... Um, <laughs> Well, wait, wait, wait a, a second, second Scott. Wait, wait, Scott. wait a second. Let me let me ask you a question here. Um, so if if I'm a, as an employer have the option of uh, hiring somebody who's who's a high functioning handicapped individual for seven fifty an hour or somebody who's not, all other things being equal, why would I choose the handicapped person? Well, those those particular industries, like the the one that's here, they're specifically everybody knows that. They're giving a job to a handicapped person. They're giving them a chance to improve the quality of their life. It's not. It's it's also. Is the business owner driving cases. a Jaguar? <clears throat> What's that? Is the business over owner driving a Jaguar? I mean, are they flying around in Lear jets on the backs of the um, uh, handicapped in, in people? In this particular in this particular situation, I don't think that's the case. No, I don't think but it is in any of them. I think that people set up shops for handicapped people because they care about handicapped people, and that it's hard for them to find jobs. I do appreciate the call, though. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Free Talk Live. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. 
It's up to you. Sound Wisdom's SG-1 solar power generating system can give you the basics in an emergency or be expanded to handle your whole house. If you've ever thought about getting off the grid or ever thought about getting just a generator, any old kind of generator at all, you need to go look at freetalklivesolar.com. This system is amazing, and it is the only one that will give you the opportunity to buy a generator that you can use all the time, so it will begin really, really pay you back as best it can for its value, um, and it will expand. It's expandable to uh, take your whole house off the, uh, off the grid. It's freetalklivesolar.com. It's an amazing system, freetalklivesolar.com. It is not our system. It is uh, Sound Wisdom's, but uh, they just wanted to be able to track who comes from where, so that's why they use the website. We just had a call from Scott and from New York, and I think that Scott brought up a very important point, which is, you know, employment in a sort of more free market world, what would it be like for uh, people with handicaps? And he would like to see what his claim was. Is uh, He had a, a daughter with a certain type of handicap. He didn't mention what. doesn't matter. And she currently makes something like, you know, half of what minimum wage is or something like that. And, and um, he would prefer to see people either make, uh, handicapped people either make minimum wage or not make nothing at all. I don't understand yeah, that. that, that. Yeah, you know, like... At least if they're making sub-minimum wage, they have some kind of inf- income, some kind of cash flow. Whereas if they're just volunteers, like he was suggesting, they have nothing coming in. Right. And w- But he does uh, you know, presciently point out, maybe to the detriment of his own argument, um, that if the minimum wage was required for handicapped people, I mean, the reason that they got rid of the minimum wage for handicapped people is people were less likely to hire handicapped folks without some kind of incentives or whatever it is. And... That, you know, some of those incentives could be, for instance, you know, lower wages. I'm not, I, you know, I'm not saying that I think it's fair, but like I said, I don't think anything's fair. Well, I guess I, I want things to be fair. I don't want them to be, I don't think things are equal. It's not equal. It's not equal. There's no, no. doubt about it. But if this idea of giving people with handicaps the minimum wage were to result in fewer people with handicaps work, uh, working, would that be okay? Because I think that's what it would result in. Right. Far fewer people with handicaps working. If it did that in the past and that's why they changed it, you know, like what makes you think that wouldn't happen again? And what makes you think that it doesn't happen to people every day because there's a minimum wage? But there's um, there's a store here in town. It's a grocery store, and they've got some people who have uh, you know some kind of mental handicaps of some sort. I'm not. I'm no doctor. I'm not gonna. I know of three. Yeah. Uh, that you, I used to work at a bank, and they used to come in all the time. There's and... a young man there with a you know red red hair, and it's cut clean, and um, he talks in a manner that suggests to me that he is some kind of mental retardation of some sort, some kind of mental handicap. I don't know. I'm not an expert. Expert, but he is the brightest, sunshiniest kid you're ever going to talk to. I wave to him across the parking lot. I have never seen that kid not have a smile on his face. He is a joy to that store. And as far as I'm concerned, I don't know what they pay him, but if they, if they don't, he is happy. He can go get him some carts too. And it, it, you know, I, I think that he's probably worth minimum wage or more, but I don't think everybody is, and I think that this could kick a lot of people out of work. It, there's another young lady who works there who's also mentally handicapped, and one day when she came into the bank, I asked her, you know, how long have you worked at Hannaford? Oh, I guess it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Whatever. How long have you worked at this grocery store? 
And uh, she looked at me and she smiled and she said, I've worked there 11 years and I love it so much. I want to work there my entire life. That's pretty a, a, a pretty ringing endorsement for um, one's grocery store. Right. And by the way, a multinational corporation, which uh, you know likely is uh, you know uh, making its money on the back of the, the 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 proletariat or whatever it is that somebody would claim, is employing this this gal. I don't know what they pay her, but she's obviously very happy. <laughs> she's clearly happy. You know, that's all I've got to say on this subject is I want people to be paid with their worth. I don't think the government or me or Scott knows what that is. And I'm worth different things in different jobs. I worked at one point, remember, I was at one point a member of the lowest socioeconomic class in the country. I was a prisoner. I made $75 a month. That isn't much. And believe me when you say, oh, you got your bed and your, uh, your free food hot for cot. I did. And the bed stunk, and so did all the food. So, um, you know, I, I'm going to stand with that. I was a member of the lowest socioeconomic class, far below anybody else. And, you know, I, it, it gives me a certain level of uh, ability to, to speak to this issue. I got out. I washed dishes was my first job at uh, a restaurant in Bartow, Florida, while I was at work release. And I was the worst dishwasher they'd ever had. I am a bad dishwasher. I cannot go quickly. My hands, uh, you know, began to bleed and crack in the, the water. <laughs> I mean, I was just awful. I couldn't, uh, you know, I got to the point I could barely handle the plates because my hands hurt so badly. Marcus, he's very dainty. I, apparently I am. So <laughs> I am worth far less. I was the worst dishwasher. They couldn't pay me less than, than they were paying me, and I was the worst one they'd ever had. Um, I mean, I suppose other than the crack addicts that wouldn't show up for work. But they, you know, at some point or another, I found other jobs. I'm apparently worth significantly more as a radio ad salesperson than I am as a dishwasher. Different people are worth different things. Now, if I would have been getting a minimum wage of $20 an hour washing dishes and doing the worst job that they'd ever had for it, would I have ever moved on? Why would These are the bother? incentives. These are the incentives that the marketplace provides. And it's, it's simple. You can have these incentives or not have these incentives, and you're going to get a much less efficient system if you don't provide people information on how they're doing in their jobs, whether that's a business or an individual. Because every individual is in the business of selling their labor to somebody. Whether it's another individual or a business or whatever, that's what, that's what you do. You have a monopoly on your own labor. All right, so I want to read number 11 here again because it's just so crazy. Immediate across-the-board debt forgiveness for all debt. Debt forgiveness, these are, by the way, the um, demands of the Occupy Wall Street folks. I forgot to mention that. Debt forgiveness for all sovereign debt, commercial loans, home mortgages, home equity loans, personal credit card debt, student loans, and personal loans now. All debt must be stricken from the books. World bank loans to all nations, bank-to-bank debt, all bonds, all margin calls, um, call debt in the stock market, including derivatives or credit default swaps. All $65 trillion of them must be stricken from the books. And I don't mean debt as in default. I mean debt as in the entire planet, period. How? Where is this money going? Are you volunteering to pay? This it's just going to destroy it. Yeah, they're, they're just, just going to erase it. Everybody starts on a blank slate. 
you know. And there's uh, something actually to be said for this. Generally, this happens in wars, um, you know, especially for the losing side. Yeah. <laughs> um, the debt is gone, or has p- happened in the past. I'm not saying I support this because I think that debts are entered into voluntarily, but I think it's really sick that. Americans, um, you know, for instance, they're, they're how they, you know, a few years ago when homes prices were so high, people got into these because why the Federal Reserve was artificially, and Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were artificially increasing the value of homes to the point that, uh, you know, people were like, well, this, there's free money in houses. Just buy a house, and it inflates and inflates and inflates. They had no idea that, the, you know, it was the government doing this. Mm-hmm. That's their program that caused this. Then when everything goes south, the government bails out the banks but they don't bail out the individuals, and the individuals are responsible for continuing to pay for this stuff if they want to be somebody who is moral. They can try to get out of it if they want to. I think that, um, you know, and essentially short sales and all these things, these are, these are debt forgivenesses. I mean, I had a short sale on my house, and the bank didn't charge me the difference between what the loan was and what the um, you know, sale price of the house was. They, they didn't do it. I'm not saying I advocate for this, but... If you don't, essentially what they're saying is no debt allowed. I like how they threw their student loans in there so yeah. they don't have to pay for their college. Right there, right there. They, that's what really Don't worry want. about it, Occupy Wall Street. I'll pick up your college bill. They don't want to pay for college. Yeah. Uh, 855-450-3733. What are we missing on this? Let us know. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. My name is Jacob Hornberger. I'm president of the Future of Freedom Foundation, which Congressman Ron Paul awarded for having an outstanding freedom website. Write us at FFF at FFF.org, and we'll send you a free three-month subscription to our monthly journal of libertarian essays and our booklet, Economic Liberty in the Constitution, which George Mason University economics professor Walter Williams praised in a recent column. That's FFF at FFF.org. Eight fifty-five, four fifty-three. It's the final segment of Free Talk Live. We might be able to slip you in here. Eight five five, four five zero, three seven three three. It's Mark and Luther and Julia. I didn't see that you weren't on the microphone, Luther. Yes, sorry. That was not bad. paying attention. No. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, and boating equipment. ManVentureOutpost.com, they're family-owned and members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. Some prices are so low, they can't even be mentioned on the air. You can get additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Great website. You can trust them over there, and they're going to provide you some best service and the best prices. ManVentureOutpost.com. Let's go to the final two demands of the Occupy Wall Street folks. Demand 12, outlaw all credit reporting agencies. Oh, I don't get to hear my creditreport.com jingles anymore? No, lo- no longer will you have loans. Uh, well, actually, they're going to forgive all loans. They don't say no more, more, no more loans. But you don't have to pay them back because nobody's going to report it. Sure. That's nice. Yeah, I mean, imagine for a second. So we've eliminated debtors' prisons. I assume they don't want to bring those back. And I'm not saying that I'm happy with the idea of debtors' prisons or anything like that. Right. Um, but 
If you have no credit reporting agency, a credit reporting agency is a way for one person to communicate with another individual about whether or not they want to do a bit do business with a third individual. Right, right. What is wrong with accountability? Like, is this going to extend to just, you know, asking your neighbor, hey, Bob wants to know if he can cut my lawn for X, you know, has Bob worked for you? Did he do a good job, you know? And, and like, you, you can't go out and do that. What if Bob did a crappy job? Yeah, this is... <laughs> This is insane. Uh, I mean, they apparently want essentially no accountability for their actions. I mean, that's what that's what this all seems to boil down to. What about eBay and their their um, you know rating service that they have for yeah. people? I mean, is that or Amazon or, or any of those websites? Outlaw all credit reporting agencies. Outlaw. Outlaw. Not just get like. <laughs> well, when you outlaw a credit reporting agency, the only outlaws will have credit. credit rep- yeah. <laughs> God. I mean, can I say? Can I? I mean, you know, you you said it. I mean, can I say? Oh well, you know, you don't want to loan to him. He'll he won't pay it back. Here they come. Oh, oh. You you illegally reported on another citizen's credit, comrade. You have you, you have reported on citizen Ivan's another citizen's. Credit, you must go to the gulag for ten years. <laughs> this is insane. Yeah. Oh, God, let me read demand thirteen, and this just sums it all up. Allow all workers to sign a ballot at any time during a union organizing campaign, or at any time that represents their yay or nay to having a union represent them in collective bargaining, or to form a union. So the idea that should be done voluntarily anyway. Like, I don't ever want to be in a union or work for a job that is a union. So, like, I'm automatically just going to say no and just not participate. So this suggestion... You don't that- have a choice, though, now, right? I mean, when unions, it's it's half the worker. When the union comes in, they take a vote, and it's if 50% or more want the union, the union's in. It depends on where you are and what the, um, the rules are. I mean, some states are right-to-work states, and it doesn't matter whether the union... I mean, you can join the union or not. The union's, union's essentially a club. Right. And I think that that's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. I mean, get together with your friends, and if you think that the conditions are bad, all walk out at once and that'll get put pressure on the the boss. That's fine. Sure, sure. But this idea of allowing all workers to sign a ballot at any time during a union organizing campaign essentially says, I can put a great deal of pressure on you in order to get you to sign up for what I want you to do. It, It eliminates blind balloting, which causes people to, um, you know, I mean, this is how people get hurt. Hey, look, Luther. If you don't sign up for the for the you know, I I want you to sign up to uh, say yay to the union right now, okay? Uh, uh, no, no, thank you. I don't, I don't want. Uh, I think something might happen to that pretty little car of yours out in the parking lot. Uh, what, what, what do you mean? What's going to happen to my car? I'm going to bash it in. Now sign up. <laughs> I mean, this okay. Is, this is exactly what will happen. I mean, this is how it goes. Yes, yes, that's true. I mean, who's going to be there to? Uh, they, they, they they threatened me. I mean, are they going to lock him up? No, they're going to say, no more threatening. Uh-uh-uh. Well, guess what? So that they bash his car in. The cops have a union, too, so. Yeah. This is this is what it all boils down to. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to claim. I'm certainly, it wouldn't be true to claim that everybody who's out there doing the Occupy Wall Street stuff is um, a socialist. But certainly the folks that put out these demands in the name of OccupyWallStreet.org, um, they certainly are... They're, they're flying their flags mighty high and mighty red. Well, I've seen a lot of them, they look college age, and I just can't help but 
think that most people that come out of college are socialists? Well, they haven't. <laughs> I mean, they lived in a world where somebody has taken care of them and their bills their whole lives. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, college professors, frankly, aren't much different. <laughs> um, you know, they've got these tenures and things like that. And I, I think that there's I think there's room in the world for socialist thought. I think there is. But it needs to stand up to other forms of thought instead of stifling. And what it tends to do, because it is a philosophy of violence and force. And that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a philosophy of harming people that disagree with you. Then it tends to run out other kinds of philosophies. If you disagree, it's a good way to get your teeth kicked in or go to jail or whatever. You want to you uh, open a credit reporting agency so that people who borrow money and don't pay it back? Well... You're gonna to go to you're gonna to go to the gulag for ten years, comrade. That's just how we do it around here. You don't want to join the union in an open uh, you know open ballot. Well, we're gonna beat you up in the parking lot or do whatever. Sure. I mean, and why would you work in it? Why would you work at a union anyway when you can get twenty dollars an hour with no yeah. um, <laughs> with no rules on employment? Let's just say here, uh, guaranteed living wage, which they defined as twenty dollars an hour previously, regardless of employment. Why in the world would you? It seems like their entire list just contradicts itself. Like they've got a lot of things that if they went together would just be horrible. Well, some of the list there there were some things on here that I agreed with. And there's no doubt about it. But when you when you try, try to use force on people, the idea is is that somebody who has built this a business right here yeah. can force you to do all of these things. Somebody who has provided service to the marketplace and become wealthy for doing so. And I'm not saying every wealthy person has gotten there by providing service. I know they haven't. But because they have done that, they should somehow be punished. And no, I don't. I think that they earned their money. They deserve to keep it in the same way that I think you deserve to keep your money. Let's go to Matt in Illinois. Matt? Hey, everyone. What's I just going wanted on? to point out, you're, you're, you're reading these uh, off of OccupyWallStreet.org. That's correct. And there's OccupyWallStreet.com that yep. looks more like the like well, the official uh, thing. Like when I go there, I'm seeing the same stuff that I'm seeing on the live feed and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Whereas when I'm looking at OccupyWallStreet.org, it looks good, but it, it doesn't quite... I don't think that's the official... I don't think there is official one. Yeah, if it's a decentralized movement, I, there, there can't possibly be a, an and official one. I tried to make it clear, Matt. I, I, you know, I understand. I do not want to lump everybody who's, uh, you know, in this into one category, but I'm pretty clear that the people who are at wa- OccupyWallStreet.org are a bunch of uh, pinkos. Uh, you know, when I try to go to <laughs> OccupyWallStreet.com, it just directs me to OccupyWallStreet.org. Really? Uh, let's see. It, it maybe uh, you spell out straight. Yeah, it looks like, I, I did uh, both, yeah. It's the General Assembly of the official of uh, the official website of the General Assembly at and then they have the uh, pound Occupy Wall Street, which is I guess the uh Facebook uh, hash mark or something like that. Yeah. yeah, and they and they both have that. So there's going to be um, a lot of different folks putting up their different stuff. And, I mean, there's right. probably people in these parks that disagree. They probably factioned off. I don't want to sit with those guys. I don't want to sit with these guys. <laughs> this, is, this is maybe just, I don't know, my paranoid nature or whatever. But I think that Occupy Wall Street is now being co-opted like the left, like the uh, 
the Tea Party was co-opted by the quote-unquote right. Uh, yeah, Occupy Wall Street seems to be being co-opted by maybe the unions, whereas um, yeah, or 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 the Democrats, whereas uh, the Tea Party was co-opted by. Uh, I'm not sure uh, Occupy Wall Street started out as an entirely liber- liberty-oriented uh, movement. Then again, I'm not sure the Tea Party did either. So yeah, there's probably right. I I would agree to some extent with what you're saying. I think there's some validity to it. Right. Okay. Oh, that's all I had to say. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate the call. 855, what am I giving out the number for? There's no way you can get in here. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking at it. It looks like a reasonably official website. This is clearly the, um, you know, the, 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 so what some people who are in this movement think. And it is, it, it appears to be largely people who want free college education. I understand why they want it. They got free high school education. Why the heck wouldn't they get free college education? Of course, over time, because it's free, high school education has diminished in value and gotten more and more worthless, <laughs> as will college, if you make it free. When the power goes out for any length of time, you've got problems, starting with food that's going bad, even in the freezer. No communications, living by candlelight or flashlight, it's a bad place to be. The solar flare cycle is heating up and has already done damage to the grid. NASA and NOAA tell us that next year and in 2013, it will take down large sections of the grid for days or weeks at a time. Hurricanes and floods also cut power for several days or weeks. You can protect yourself now. The SG-1 solar generator by Sound Wisdom produces 5,000 watts of household current, comes with 230 amp hours of battery, 220 watt solar panels, and a built-in battery maintainer desulfator. This is the only portable system you can add as many batteries or solar panels as you like. It will also convert power from windmills, water wheels, DC welders, or gas generators, any source of 12-volt DC power. See it now at freetalklivesolar.com. Technicians are standing by now to answer your questions even during the Sunday night show. freetalklivesolar.com. Talk Live, 855-453. Nickel toll-free call in line here on Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. If you've been listening to Free Talk Live any length of time, you've probably heard us talk about bitcoins. Maybe you didn't know how to go about getting bitcoins, and there's an easy way now. You can get bitcoins by depositing cash at uh, banks across the United States, including Bank of America and Wells Fargo. Once you have bitcoins, you can use them to pay anyone in the world for whatever. There's no transaction fees, no third parties getting involved. It's completely anonymous. It works just like a person-to-person cash transaction, but it's done on the Internet. It's Internet cash. To learn more, visit exchangebitcoins.com. Again, it's exchangebitcoins.com. So we've been reading the list of demands from the Occupy Wall Street folks, and they are legion. <laughs> and, uh, the, you know, there are things about uh, some of their, their demands that, um, that that I have agreed with and some that I have disagreed with. Uh, mostly at this point, up to this point, there's been a, a lot disagreement. of disagreement. But here's another one that I agree with. This um, actually, for some whatever reason, my mind skipped over this one, so... Um, this is, uh, you know, racial and gender equal rights amendment. I can kind of agree and kind of disagree with that one. I'm just afraid of something like that. And I don't think that we truly need it 
any longer. Uh, you know, I feel like I feel like women in the workplace are getting the respect that they you know want or demand or whatever. I feel like um, you know minorities can can get jobs. I, I, I don't I don't think that there's that big of a problem. Maybe I'm wrong. I, it's not like I've yeah, got to live in that what world. What are you talking about, white guy? <laughs> Certainly, people would uh, would would interpret it that way. I have decided that I no longer have a race. Uh, races are something that people demand that the people assigned to themselves, and I, so I've decided to assign none. However, um, number demand number nine here, open borders migration. Anyone can travel anywhere to work and live. I like that one. Yeah, I agree, mm-hmm. too. I agree entirely with this, um, that I think well, that people... that kind of contradicts one of their earlier uh, demands, was that uh, high tariffs be placed yes. and, and that you know tra- free trade be... Um, a, 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 prohibited essentially yes this demand can only be met by ending free trade by imposing trade tariffs on all imported goods entering america uh, the american market to level the playing field for domestic family farming and domestic manufacturing as most nations that are uh, dumping cheap products into the american market this would cause a real problem if you demand that everybody gets a, a, minim- a minimum wage of twenty dollars an hour or more and that's what they said Mm-hmm. And you say that um, tariffs, they put these huge tariffs up so basically nobody to can import To level the playing stuff. field, yeah. To level the playing field. Then you allow the only thing that can be imported freely is labor. Then what you will have is everybody coming over here for $20 an hour jobs, which... I don't have a problem with people moving freely. I just don't think you should, you know, um, mess with the the system to the point that you're going to overload one place at the cost of everything else. Imagine for a second what other, you know, what it would be like if you heard in Mexico or China, if basically everybody in Mexico could come here freely and make twenty dollars an hour doing manufacturing. I, I, you know, it's, it's just it's it, it amazes me. For one, the system can't handle twenty dollar an hour. Uh, um, yeah, wage. It's just not going to work. If, if you base um, the the Occupy Wall Street on these this list of demands, it seems that their goal is to make poor people even poorer and the rich even richer. Right, but they it doesn't matter what your employment is. You deserve to have this minimum wage. So this says uh, a minimum wage. Regardless of employment is uh, the other. Now the that other state. is crazy. Yeah, guaranteed living wage regardless of I- employment is what it says. So you get the twenty dollars an hour by walking onto American soil. Yeah, that's going to work. Everybody from Canada, everybody from Mexico, they're going to be walking from Tierra del Fuego in order to get here. Sure. <laughs> By the way, for those of you who don't know, it's a little island at the bottom of South America. All right, so. I did not know that. <laughs> I did. They got sheep down there. Oh. Some penguins. Yeah, I think there must be some some uh, warmer climate pen- type penguins. Yeah. I would have to do a little more research on that. Yeah. I well, know what I know about It's fairly here. close to uh, Antarctica. Yeah, it's, it's, the closest, it's as close as you get, basically. Yeah. Demand number 11. Like, I don't have any problem with uh, people being able to uh, migrate across borders. I have problems with the other ends of this. I think you need to abolish the minimum wage and open up the borders and let people work and live and um, however they want mm-hmm. no free welfare because i don't want people coming here and living for free i want people coming here and working hard in order to make a better life for themselves that's the american dream it, that's what makes this country the most powerful in the world if you're out there and you're listening and you think that it's ridiculous that we want to abolish the minimum wage i highly suggest you look into walter block 
Um, he's an economist, and he has a lot to say about the minimum wage and how it actually hurts the poor, especially minorities. Yes. So, something that, just to go back for a second on the minimum wage, something that we really didn't touch on at all is if you make the kids right now who are making $7 an hour at McDonald's, if you give them $20 an hour, what about the person who was making $20 an hour? You know what I mean? Like their skill set was, I mean, does it go up? Or do you just make $20 an hour being a computer tech somewhere, and now the kid at McDonald's makes $20 an hour too? Yeah, it makes it impossible for the marketplace to incentivize proper behavior. Um, you know, I mean, essentially what it's going to do is drive the cost of everything up and inflate the price of things um, to the point that $20 an hour essentially ends up being whatever, um, you know, the, the minimum wage, the, the real value of those people's stuff. It's Mickey Mouse economics. It would tend to drive up prices. Uh, now, you worked in the fast food, well, not the fast food, you worked in the, the food service industry right. and you had lots of employees. Can you imagine? Um, you know, managed a lot of employees. Can you imagine giving these, uh, you know, these, these kids who've no. never, never had jobs before twenty dollars an hour? No, I didn't think they deserved what they made. Yeah. Most of them, half of them. You know, I mean, this is I, this is why entry level jobs are entry level because you have a lot of people in them that don't have, don't even what the value they're getting is learning how to work. I started working at 12. I wasn't worth much then. I, I know I wasn't. I remember all kinds of incidences where I learned different lessons as life went on, and now I, I know the value of uh, customer service. I know the value of being to work on time. I know the value of uh, providing the best that I can provide for the, for the boss. I know the value, most importantly, of a good attitude. You know, there is um, there's a little gas station by my house, and they... When they hire, they'll put up signs that say, hiring, you know, for these weekend hours, only 14 and 15-year-olds. And I thought that was interesting because I think there's more legal like more legal it's trouble with the 14 employer. and 15-year-olds yeah. than there's the 16, 17-year-olds. But, I mean, what this guy wants, basically, and the owner of this place is very nice, and what he wants is to pay people the least amount of money he can, you know what I mean? So these kids... Yeah, but he's also helping them out. That's what I'm yeah. trying to say is that he's giving these 14- and 15-year-olds an opportunity that they wouldn't have otherwise. And if yeah. you're talking about putting it up to $20 an hour, I'm not going to hire a 14- or 15-year-old at $20 an hour. I'm going to hire the most qualified, experienced person I can. So you've just totally cut the opportunity out for these kids. Right. If I had an, if I had a job that I might be able to pay somebody $7 an hour in order to make me some money, and that's the reason that people hire people to do jobs, I'm going to hire you to do seven for 7 dollars an hour because you can make me eight dollars an hour or whatever um the the reason that you hire somebody is because they're going to make you some money if i have uh, you know work that might make me eight dollar you know one dollar an hour if somebody did it for seven dollars an hour then i'm not going to hire somebody for nine dollars an hour to do a job that's going to cost me a dollar an hour for them to be there I don't, you know, that's not why I came, it got into business. Yes, I'm going to donate my money to charity when I have it, but I didn't get into business in order to run an inefficient business that doesn't work. It's just ludicrous. It, it is a, it's its entire lack of understanding of how the marketplace works. All right, let's go to number 11 here. Immediate, across-the-board debt forgiveness for all. Debt forgiveness of sovereign debt, commercial loans, home mortgages, home equity loans, credit card debt, student loans, personal loans, 
now. All debt must be stricken from the books. World bank loans to all nations, bank-to-bank debt, all bonds and margin um, call debt in the stock market, including derivatives or credit uh, default swaps, all $65 trillion of them must be stricken from the books, and I don't mean debt as in default, I mean debt as in the entire planet. Poof. Uh, wow, I period. think it's a good time to buy, get a credit card and go on a shopping spree right now if that's going to happen. 855-450-3733. What do you think? As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Free Talk Live, 855 453. It's a safe, toll free call in line, 855 450 3733. You can call in, talk about what you want to talk about. You know, there is a revolution going on in America, and I think to, to some extent the Occupy Wall Street folks are, are um, you know, an aspect of that. I think they really do show the dissatisfaction that people have with uh, what's going on in the world, and thank, frankly, I think it's sweeping the world. Another aspect is the Free State Project. If you're frustrated with how things are going where you are, and you're frustrated with the lack of freedom where you live, and you're tired of the oppressive state intruding into all of your business and personal life, and you knew that thousands of liberty-loving individuals were moving to one state to get active, to bring the maximum role of government in that state to the protection of life, liberty, and the protection of property, you can join the Free State Project. If you're interested in that, join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. Again, it's freestateproject.org. Let's go to Ken in New York. Ken? Hey, guys. How are you doing tonight? All's well. Um, you guys were just talking about the uh, the $20 minimum wage. Yes. This is one of the uh, uh, demands of uh, from, well, uh, let's see, OccupyWallStreet.org. And it just struck me that is one of the most economically ignorant things I've ever heard. Um, uh, I had the same impression. They're suggesting people should make more than 40000 a year for doing menial tasks. Um, I mean, that's above the median income right now. Yes. yes. Good luck finding a janitor. That's what, that's what they want is a living wage, and they figure that the median income is the living wage, so everybody should make the living wage because it would be really great Including if everybody... Including kids if it in would high school who have no work experience. And that way we can, we can all hang out in coffee shops like they do in Friends and never have jobs. But, but what you would end up with is the same thing you're seeing now with the increase of minimum wage where uh, clerks at the grocery store are being replaced by self-checkouts. Right. You have to pump your own gas. You yeah. just end up just destroying the jobs. And it's it's true. I mean, you know, the, if a business could, you know, a business looks at buying a robot to do their their work for them, they say, well, how much does the robot cost? How much does an employee cost me over yeah. the course of whatever years? How much is the robot going to cost me in um, you know repairs? 
Well, let's yeah. see this one, that one. They they make up their mind based I, on what the cost difference is. I, if it's obvious, if it's obvious. I, I'd kind of like to point out that while that job might be given to a machine, a job is also created. And I'm a mechanic, and that gives me a job. It does, but you're, the, a mechanic can service a lot more robots than um, you know one employee can. And the other aspect of this is. Um, the guaranteed living wage, living wage income, regardless of employment. So, I mean, if you think that it's ignorant for giving <laughs> to give people a median wage for doing the most menial of labor, how much more ignorant is it to tell them, "Look, we'll let you live at the median level without ever having to work." That Don't is sweat it. crazy. <laughs> I mean, that's just la la land stuff. <laughs> Insane. Ken? but uh, I uh, yeah, I I know you guys. Um, I know Stefan Molyneux is involved with uh, a lot of the Free State Project stuff, and he was up at Porcupine Festival. Yeah. And uh, he gave a very good example, I think, last week. Um, he said a lot of these people, they shouldn't be protesting. They should be reading books because they don't know what their demands are. They don't understand what they're asking for. No, no. They're very, they seem to be very passionate with a lot of, you know, high ideals and some high hopes, I think, just without all all the necessary um uh, information they need to make decisions on how to deal with what they feel the problem is, or what, even to identify the problem. Yeah, to some extent, uh, they you know, they're they're you know, people that are dissatisfied, and I see why they're taking to the streets. I'm not satisfied either. You know, the, some of the solutions that they have are frankly hundred year old solutions that haven't been working. Socialism has been trotted out for 150 years now, and it's it has crashed and burned every single time. It's because it doesn't work. It is a system that does not properly work. If you want morality, stop forcing people to do things. Stop using guns and violence and threats. Well, that's what the government's for. That's what it's for. That's exactly what it's for. And socialism is the government involved in everything. Every aspect of your life. It, 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 you know, these people, they, they sit around, they think about, what do I want the world to look like? How can I force people to get there? And that's what it's all about. I'm not sure that they can really even discern that it's the government. Like, a lot of people view public as sort of, yes. you know what I mean? It's not really government. Like, public schools is this nice free it's school ours. for everybody. Yeah, it belongs to everybody within this, these imaginary lines on, on this part of the continent. Ken, thank you for the call. 855 yep, 855-450-FREE. Sickle toll-free call in line. Let's go to Scott in Ithaca. Scott? Hey, I'm uh, not quite as polarized as uh, I'm not cookie-cutter on all these issues, but I do think the minimum wage could be raised a little bit. I don't think that it should be raised to the extent that you're, you know, these guys are talking about. I, guess. I am actually going down to Wall Street because I'm running against a real Wall Street-powered uh, Democrat, and I'm a Democrat. But I have a jobs bill, and it's actually based a little bit on um, free. Well, before you enterprise. before we talk about the jobs bill, I want to talk about the minimum wage. You brought it up, so I'm um, you know I'm interested. Why well, do you think that I have the biggest problem with is sheltered workshops? I don't really. I have a handicapped daughter. I don't really agree that um, handicapped uh, people should necessarily be <clears throat> be getting like three seventy five dollars three three seventy five an hour in some cases. Um, and the excuse is basically that, uh, well, they're not very productive and that we have to, you know, really kind of cut them along. And I, I'd rather see them either being looked at as volunteers or I'd rather see them being paid minimum wage, which right now is whatever, seven-something an hour. So if you're going to pay them, pay them the minimum wage. But if you're not going to pay them, make it very clear to them and their families 
that they're volunteering. I don't Why? think they should be paid three seventy-five an hour. Well, the other thing is, some of these families they say, "Well, here's the other thing that's," and, and I'm going to have a discussion with this one of the people who runs one of these workshops in the next couple of weeks. Um, their uh-huh. argument is, "Well, they're not on the street; they get subsidies for many other things, and so they they're provided for, to, you know, to an extent." No, I'm not asking um, why they, they say it's okay. I'm asking you why you want somebody to uh, actually choose between zero. Well, I mean, why, why should they have to choose between zero and seven fifty if somebody's willing to pay them three fifty? I mean, why should they take zero? Why would they want zero? Well, yeah, I mean that's the point. If if they truly, if let's say somebody's high, high, high functioning and they agree to, to being a volunteer or something like that, and their family or whatever agrees to them being a volunteer, that's fine. I think for the most part, there's other people that could volunteer. So I'm not really condoning that. I'm saying either pay them or don't pay them. But you know, if, you, but if you're, you're going to pay them, pay everybody the minimum wage. Well, but I don't understand now, for that. High schoolers, if, if, I if do for believe instance... in a tiered system for high schoolers. Well, you think, like, words, you think high schoolers are handicapped? Read, I kind of do, too. Um, <laughs> okay, so... Um, Wait, wait, wait a second, Scott. Wait, wait, Scott. wait a second. Let me let me ask you a question here. Um, so, if if I'm a, as an employer have the option of uh, hiring somebody who's who's a high functioning handicapped individual for seven fifty an hour, or somebody who's not, all other things being equal, why would I choose the handicapped person? Well, those those particular industries, like the the one that's here, they're specifically everybody knows that. They're giving a job to a handicapped person. They're giving them a chance to improve the quality of their life. It's not. It's it's also. Is the business owner driving a Jaguar? What's that? Is the business owner driving a Jaguar? I mean, are they flying around in Lear jets on the backs of? Um, in, in, this particular, in this particular situation, I don't think that's the case. No, I don't think but it is in any of them. I think that people set up shops for handicapped people because they care about handicapped people, and that it's hard for them to find jobs. I do appreciate the call, though. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Tombstone Pizza. With multiple varieties to choose from, there's a Tombstone Pizza that's sure to please your family. What do you want on your tombstone? Family dinner is important, but who says it has to be at the table? When life gets busy and the pressure is on, pull out the good paper plates and settle in for pizza and a movie. It's fun, easy, and memorable for the whole family. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. That's the Sickle Toll-Free call-in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. It's up to you. Sound Wisdom's SG-1 solar-powered generating system can give you the basics in an emergency or be expanded to handle your whole house. If you've ever thought about getting off the grid or ever thought about getting just a generator, any old kind of generator at all, you need to go look at freetalklivesolar.com. This system is amazing, and it is the only one that will give you the opportunity to buy a generator that you can use all the time, so it will begin really, really pay you back as best it can for its value, um, and it will expand. It's expandable to uh, take your whole house off the uh, off the grid. It's 
freetalklivesolar.com. It's an amazing system, freetalklivesolar.com. It is not our system. It is uh, Sound Wisdom's, but uh, they just wanted to be able to track who comes from where. So that's why they use the website. We just had a call from Scott and from New York, and I think that Scott brought up a very important point. Which is, you know, employment in a sort of more free market world, what would it be like for uh, people with handicaps? And he would like to see what his claim was. Is uh, He had a, a daughter with a certain type of handicap. He didn't mention what. doesn't matter. And she currently makes something like, you know, half of what minimum wage is or something like that. And, and um, he would prefer to see people either make, uh, handicapped people either make minimum wage or not make nothing at all. I don't understand yeah, that. But, but, yeah, you know, like... At least if they're making sub-minimum wage, they have some kind of inf- income, some kind of cash flow. Whereas if they're just volunteers, like he was suggesting, they have nothing coming in. Right. And what, but he does, uh, you know, presciently point out, maybe to the detriment of his own argument, um, that if the minimum wage was required for handicapped people. I mean, the reason that they got rid of the minimum wage for handicapped people is people were less likely to hire handicapped folks without some kind of incentives or whatever it is. And that, you know, some of those incentives could be, for instance, you know, lower wages. I'm not, I, you know, I'm not saying that I think it's fair, but like I said, I don't think anything's fair. Well, I guess I, I want things to be fair. I don't want them to be, I don't think things are equal. It's not equal. It's not equal. There's no, no. doubt about it. But if this idea of giving people with handicaps the minimum wage were to result in fewer people with handicaps work, uh, working, would that be okay? Because I think that's what it would result in. Right. Far fewer people with handicaps working. If it did that in the past and that's why they changed it, you know, like what makes you think that wouldn't happen again? And what makes you think that it doesn't happen to people every day because there's a minimum wage? But there's um, there's a store here in town. It's a grocery store, and they've got some people who have uh, you know some kind of mental handicaps of some sort. I'm not. I'm no doctor. I'm not gonna. I know of three. Yeah. Uh, that I used to work at a bank, and they used to come in all the time. There's and... a young man there with a you know red red hair, and it's cut clean, and um, he talks in a manner that suggests to me that he is some kind of mental retardation of some sort, some kind of mental handicap. I don't know. I'm not an expert but he is the brightest sunshiniest kid you're ever going to talk to i wave to him across the parking lot i have never seen that kid not have a smile on his face he is a joy to that store and as far as i'm concerned i don't know what they pay him but if they if they don't he is happy he can go get him some carts too and you know, I think that he's probably worth minimum wage or more, but I don't think everybody is, and I think that this could kick a lot of people out of work. There's another young lady who works there who's also mentally handicapped, and one day when she came into the bank, I asked her, you know, how long have you worked at Hannaford? Oh, I guess it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Whatever. How long have you worked at this grocery store? And uh, she looked at me, and she smiled, and she said, I've worked there 11 years, and I love it so much, I want to work there my entire life. That's pretty a, a, a pretty ringing endorsement for um, one's grocery store. Right. And, by the way, a multinational corporation, which, uh, you know, likely is, uh, you know, uh, making its money on the back of the, 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 the proletariat or whatever it is that somebody would claim, is employing this, this gal. I don't know what they pay her, but she's obviously very happy. <laughs> she's clearly happy. You know, that's all I've got to say on this subject is I want people to be paid with their worth. I don't think the government or me or Scott knows what that is. 
And I'm worth different things in different jobs. I worked at one point, remember, I was at one point a member of the slowest socioeconomic class in the country. I was a prisoner. I made $75 a month. That isn't much. And believe me, when you say, oh, you got your bed and your uh, your free hot for cot. I did. And the bed stunk, and so did all the food. So, um, you know, I, I'm going to stand with that I was a member of the lowest socioeconomic class, far below anybody else. And, you know, I, it, it gives me a certain level of uh, ability to, to speak to this issue. I got out. I washed dishes was my first job at uh, a restaurant in Bartow, Florida, while I was at work release. And I was the worst dishwasher they'd ever had. I am a bad dishwasher. I cannot go quickly. My hands, uh, you know, began to bleed and crack in the the water. I mean, I was just awful. I couldn't, uh, you know, I got to the point I could barely handle the plates because my hands hurt so badly. Marcus, he's very dainty. Apparently I am. So I am worth far less. I was the worst dishwasher. They couldn't pay me less than than they were paying me, and I was the worst one they'd ever had. Um, I mean, I suppose other than the crack addicts that wouldn't show up for work. But they, you know, at some point or another, I found other jobs. I'm apparently worth significantly more as a radio ad salesperson than I am as a dishwasher. Different people are worth different things. Now, if I would have been getting a minimum wage of $20 an hour washing dishes and doing the worst job that they'd ever had for it, would I have ever moved on? Why would These you are the bother? incentives. These are the incentives the marketplace provides. And it's, it's simple. You can have these incentives or not have these incentives, and you're going to get a much less efficient system if you don't provide people information on how they're doing in their jobs, whether that's a business or an individual. Because every individual is in the business of selling their labor to somebody. Whether it's another individual or a business or whatever, that's what, that's what you do. You have a monopoly on your own labor. All right, so I want to read number 11 here again because it's just so crazy. Immediate across-the-board debt forgiveness for all debt. Debt forgiveness, these are, by the way, the um, demands of the Occupy Wall Street folks. I forgot to mention that. Debt forgiveness for all sovereign debt, commercial loans, home mortgages, home equity loans, personal credit card debt, student loans, and personal loans now. All debt must be stricken from the books. World bank loans to all nations, bank-to-bank debt, all bonds, all margin calls, um, call debt in the stock market, including derivatives or credit default swaps. All $65 trillion of them must be stricken from the books. And I don't mean debt as in default. I mean debt as in the entire planet, period. How? Where is this money going? Are you volunteering to pay? This it's just going to destroy it. Yeah, they're it just, just going to erase away. it. Everybody starts on a blank slate, you know. And there's uh, something actually to be said for this. Generally, this happens in wars, um, you know, especially for the losing side. Yeah. <laughs> um, the debt is gone, or has p- happened in the past. I'm not saying I support this because I think that debts are entered into voluntarily, but I think it's really sick that. Americans, um, you know, for instance, they're, they're, you know, a few years ago when homes prices were so high, people got into these because why the Federal Reserve was artificially, and Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were artificially increasing the value of homes to the point that, uh, you know, people were like, oh, this, there's free money in houses. Just buy a house, and it inflates and inflates and inflates. They had no idea that, the, you know, it was the government doing this. Mm-hmm. That's their program that caused this. Then when everything goes south, the government bails out the banks but they don't bail out the individuals. 
And the individuals are responsible for continuing to pay for this stuff if they want to be somebody who is moral. They can try to get out of it if they want to. I think that, um, you know, and essentially short sales and all these things, these are, these are debt forgivenesses. I mean, I had a short sale on my house, and the bank didn't charge me the difference between what the loan was and what the, um, you know, the sale price of the house was. They, they didn't do it. I'm not saying I advocate for this, but if you don't, essentially what they're saying is no debt allowed. I like how they threw their student loans in there so yeah. they don't have to pay for their college. Right there, right there. They, that's what really Don't worry want. about it, Occupy Wall Street. I'll pick up your college bill. They don't want to pay for college. Yeah. 855 uh, What are we missing on this? Let us know. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. The first secret to success is recognizing opportunity. The second is to act on it. But how do you gain the skills to know how and when? AllSuccessClub.com Meet successful individuals online and in exotic locations around the world. Find out from the rich and famous how they went from rags to riches and learn how to achieve financial independence for yourself. Your path to success begins now at AllSuccessClub.com Might be able to slip you in here, 855-450-3733. It's Mark. And Luther. And Julia. I didn't see that you weren't on the microphone, Luther. I'm yep, sorry. That was Not my bad. paying attention. No. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, and boating equipment. ManVentureOutpost.com, they're family-owned and members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. Some prices are so low, they can't even be mentioned on the air. You can get additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Great website. You can trust them over there, and they're going to provide you some best service and the best prices. ManVentureOutpost.com. Let's go to the final two demands of the Occupy Wall Street folks. Demand 12, outlaw all credit reporting agencies. Oh, I don't get to hear my creditreport.com jingles anymore? No, lo- no longer will you have loans. Uh, well, actually, they're going to forgive all loans. They don't say no more, more, no more loans. But you don't have to pay them back because nobody's going to report it. Sure. That's nice. Yeah, I mean, imagine for a second. So we've eliminated debtors' prisons. I assume they don't want to bring those back. And I'm not saying that I'm happy with the idea of debtors' prisons or anything like that. Right. Um, but if you have no credit reporting agency, a credit reporting agency is a way for one bit person to communicate with another individual about whether or not they want to do a bit indivi- do business with a third individual. Right. Right. What is wrong with accountability? Like, is this going to extend to just you know asking your neighbor, hey? Bob wants to know if he can cut my lawn for X. You know, has Bob worked for you? Did he do a good job? You know, and, and like, you, you can't go out and do that. What if Bob did a crappy job? Yeah, this is <laughs> this is insane. Uh, I mean, they apparently want essentially no accountability for their actions. I mean, that's what <laughs> that's what this all seems to boil down to. What about eBay and their their um, you know, rating service that they have for yeah. people? I mean, is that or Amazon or, or any of those websites? I, 
outlaw all credit reporting agencies? Outlaw. Outlaw. Not just get like. Well, when you outlaw illegal. credit reporting agencies, the only outlaws will have credit. credit rep- yeah. <laughs> I mean, can I say? Can I? I mean, you know, you you said it. I mean, can I say? Oh well, you know, you don't want to loan to him. He'll he won't pay it back. Here they come. Oh, oh. You you illegally reported on another citizen's credit, comrade. You have you, you have reported on citizen demands another citizen's. Credit, you must go to the gulag for ten years. <laughs> this is insane. Yeah. Oh, God, uh, let me read Demand 13. And this just sums it all up. Allow all workers to sign a ballot at any time during a union organizing campaign or at any time that represents their yay or nay to having a union represent them in collective bargaining or to form a union. So the idea... That should be done voluntarily anyway. Like, I don't ever want to be in a union or work for a job that is a union. So, like, I'm automatically just going to say no and just not participate. So this suggestion... You don't that have a choice, though, now, right? I mean, when unions, it's it's half the worker. When the union comes in, they take a vote, and it's if 50% or more want the union, the union's in. It depends on where you are and what the, um, the rules are. I mean, some states are right-to-work states, and it doesn't matter whether the union... I mean, you can join the union or not. The union's, union's essentially a club. Right. And I think that that's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. I mean, get together with your friends, and if you think that the conditions are bad, all walk out at once and that'll get put pressure on the, the boss. That's fine. Sure, sure. But this idea of allowing all workers to sign a ballot at any time during a union organizing campaign essentially says, I can put a great deal of pressure on you in order to get you to sign up for what I want you to do. It, it eliminates blind balloting, which causes people to, um, you know, I mean, this is how people get hurt. Hey, look, Luther. If you don't sign up for the for the you know, I I want you to sign up to uh, say yay to the union right now, okay? Uh, uh, no, no, thank you. I don't, I don't want. Uh, I think something might happen to that pretty little car of yours out in the parking lot. What, what, what do you mean? What's going to happen to my car? I'm going to bash it in. Now sign up. <laughs> I mean, this okay, is, this is exactly what will happen. I mean, this is how it goes. Yes, yes, that's true. I mean, who's going to be there to? They they, they, they threatened me. I mean, are they going to lock him up? No, they're going to say, no more threatening. Uh-uh-uh. Well, guess what? So that they bash his car in. The cops have a union, too, so. Yeah. This is this is what it all boils down to. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to claim. I'm certainly, it wouldn't be true to claim that everybody who's out there doing the Occupy Wall Street stuff is um, a socialist. But certainly the folks that put out these demands in the name of OccupyWallStreet.org, um, they certainly are... They're, they're flying their flags mighty high and mighty red. Well, I've seen a lot of them, they look college age, and I just can't help but think that most people that come out of college are socialists. Well, they haven't. <laughs> I mean, they lived in a world where somebody has taken care of them and their bills their whole lives. Mm-hmm. And. The, you know, college professors, frankly, aren't much different. <laughs> um, you know, they've got these tenures and things like that. And I, I think that there's, I think there's room in the world for socialist thought. I think there is, but it needs to stand up to other forms of thought instead of stifling. And what it tends to do, because it is a philosophy of violence and force, and that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, it's a philosophy of harming people that disagree with you. Then it tends to run out other kinds of philosophies. If you disagree, 
it's a good way to get your teeth kicked in or go to jail or whatever. You want to you want to uh, open a credit reporting agency so that people who borrow money and don't pay it back? Well, you're going to go to you're going to go to the gulag for 10 years, comrade. That's just how we do it around here. You don't want to join the union in an open uh, you know, open ballot? Well, we're going to beat you up in the parking lot or do whatever. Sure. I mean, and why would you work in it? Why would you work at a union anyway when you can get twenty dollars an hour with no yeah. um, <laughs> with no rules on employment? Let's just say here, uh, guaranteed living wage, which they defined as twenty dollars an hour previously, regardless of employment. Why in the world would you? It seems like their entire list just contradicts itself. Like they've got a lot of things that if they went together would just be horrible well some of the list there, there were some things on here that i agreed with and there's no doubt about it but when you when you try, try to use force on people the idea is is that somebody who has built this a business right here yeah. can force you to do all of these things so you it's somebody who has uh, provided service to the marketplace and become wealthy for doing so and i'm not saying every wealthy person has gotten there by providing service i know they haven't but because they have done that they should somehow be punished and no, I don't. I think that they earned their money. They deserve to keep it in the same way that I think you deserve to keep your money. Let's go to Matt in Illinois. Matt? Hey, everyone. What's I going on? I just wanted to point out, you're, you're, you're reading these uh, off of OccupyWallStreet.org. That's correct. And there's OccupyWallStreet.com that yep. looks more like the like the official uh, thing. Like when I go there, I'm seeing the same stuff that I'm seeing on the live feed and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Whereas when I'm looking at OccupyWallStreet.org, it looks good, but it, it doesn't quite... I don't think that's the official... I don't think there uh, is an official one. Yeah, if it's a decentralized movement, I, there, there can't possibly be a, an and official website. I've tried to make it clear, Matt. I, I, you know, I understand I do not want to lump everybody who's uh, you know in this into one category, but I'm pretty clear that the people who are at wall, OccupyWallStreet.org are a bunch of uh, pinkos. Uh, you know, when I try to go to <laughs> OccupyWallStreet.com, it just directs me to OccupyWallStreet.org. Really? Uh, let's see. It, it maybe uh, if you spell looks, out street. Looks like, I, I did uh, both, yeah. It's the General Assembly of the official of uh, the official website of the General Assembly at, and then they have the uh, pound Occupy Wall Street, which is I guess the uh, Facebook it's a uh, cash mark or something like that. Yeah. yeah, and they and they both have that. So there's going to be um, a lot of different folks putting up their different stuff, and I mean, there's right. probably people in these parks that disagree. They probably factioned off. I don't want to sit with those guys. Yeah, I want to sit with these guys. Splitters. <laughs> This is maybe just, I don't know, my paranoid nature or whatever, but I think that Occupy Wall Street is now being co-opted like the left, like the uh, the Tea Party was co-opted by the quote-unquote right. Uh, yeah, Occupy Wall Street seems to be being co-opted by maybe the unions, whereas... Um, yeah, or 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 the Democrats, whereas uh, the Tea Party was co-opted by. Uh, I'm not uh, sure Occupy Wall Street started out as an entirely liber- liberty-oriented uh, movement. Then again, I'm not sure the Tea Party did either. So yeah, there's probably right. I I would agree to some extent with what you're saying. I think there's some validity to it. Right. Okay. Oh, well, that's all I had to say. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate the call. Eight five five. What am I giving up the number for? There's no way you can get in here. <laughs> um, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking at it. It looks like a reasonably official website. This is clearly the, um, you know, the, 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 so what some people who are in this movement think, and it is 
it, it appears to be largely people who want free college education. I understand why they want it. They got free high school education. Why the heck wouldn't they get free college education? Of course, over time, because it's free, high school education has diminished in value and gotten more and more worthless, <laughs> as will college, if you make it free. 